Again, why did I ever think this was a good idea? Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Join our group of Run Disney friends as we talk about running at Walt Disney World and beyond. We'll discuss recent runs, training, upcoming races, and surprise topics suggested by you, our listeners. Well, the alarm's gone off, so let's go. Well, hello, my friends. Welcome, welcome to episode 47 of the Rise and Run podcast. It's our favorite night of the week. We get to talk with our Rise and Run friends. I'm Bob. I'm here with my fellow Rise and Runners, Greg. Hey, hey, hey. With Lexi. Hi. With John. How you doing? With Allie. Hi, friends. And with Jack. Yeah, hi. (laughs) Hey, good to see everybody here. Got another great episode coming up for you, I think. We got our friend Martinez Evans. Hang on. I know you're going to enjoy hearing Martinez. Uh, Brianna's in the race report spotlight tonight. You can find out whether she likes her cheesesteaks with whiz or without. I had a cheesesteak today, by the way. One of the things I like about living down here, a bunch of transplants, I can actually get a decent cheesesteak down here. So, Bob, you normally say this part. The training plan calls for 11 miles this week if you're doing the marathon, goofy, or dopey. But I want to ask Greg, how's the training going for the 5K with a five-year-old? It's an experience. <laughs> <laughs> I I made mention to this uh, to Coach Twigs this morning uh, on the customized training call. I said that I think training for the Wine and Dine 5K is going to be more difficult than training for Dopey. No! <laughs> but I will admit, my girls are troopers, and and I, I really like doing this with them. But um, it was one of those things where when I was trying to figure out how we were going to tackle this, I actually went to the Galloway website and found the tra- – I think it's a 13-week training plan for a 5K. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a little more or it's a little less unorthodox than some of the other training plans. Like the first run we ever did was only 10 minutes. And I think tomorrow we're doing like 16 minutes or whatever. But this past weekend, the long run called for a mile and a half. So even though it was a little bit warm out, I went to the one of the trails by our house that's really, really shaded and it's got quarter mile markers and everything. I'm like, okay, we're going to go to, you know, three quarter mark. And then we're going to come right back and and we'll be done. No joke. A quarter of a mile into uh, the run, my daughter goes to me, Daddy, when are we going to take a break? (laughs) And I was like, oh, boy. So I remember when I was asking Coach Twiggs for, for some advice in terms of how to train with her. You know, I was thinking I'm just going to use my gym boss and I'm just going to use a very, very conservative ratio. But he's like, kids are visual learners, so you want to pick, like, run to that tree, to that bush, to that bench, or whatever. And that really helped. Or, like, we held hands, you know, we ran for our, you know, 15 seconds or whatever. So we got over that really quickly. But then we're about at the half-mile mark, and she needs water. So I'm, I'm holding her water bottle, and I give it to her. Well, you know, typically what I'm thinking is, okay. I'm you know, drinking while I'm walking. Nope. She stops dead in her tracks and is just sipping on her water bottle. I'm like, kiddo, you can't do that. You got to keep moving. Oh, okay, daddy. Okay. 
So that, that, that was our second hurdle. So we have about a half a mile to go, and she is over it. And granted, I'll admit, it was in like the mid-80s. It, it was hot even, you know, with the shade or whatever. And she was like, can we call Mr. Bob? Oh, <laughs> and I'm like. If we have to, we will. But I think right now we're okay. And we kept, you know, we kept shrugging along and everything like that. So we finally got through it. I think we, I think we did like a mile and a half in like 27 minutes. So the fact that, you know, once we actually get to the 5K, uh, you know, there's going to be character stops. You know, the whole time we're running, she's asking, you know, is Miguel going to be there? Is Mama Coco going to be at the race and stuff like that? I hope so. so. Yeah. So she's super, super excited. But yeah. Doing this training plan is definitely going to be a learning experience. And as Coach Twiggs told me, I'm the one getting trained here, not my daughter. So, uh, but it's <laughs> it, it's been it's been an experience. But we're really really looking forward to November. So. And she's gonna love that cocoa medal. Oh That's yeah, so special. The the other night at dinner, she was like, "So I'm gonna bring my cocoa guitar, and I'm <laughs> gonna bring Dante. Yeah, she's got you know a stuffed Dante or whatever." And I'm like. We're not bringing five pounds of extra, you know, weight to carry around with us here, kiddo. We have to make some choices. So. Yes, we are. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking about medals, we had a really fun announcement yesterday. Yes. Woo! Ah! Um, all of the marathon weekend medals have been announced, and you can go to our Instagram or Run Disney Instagram or just about any other person in the Run Disney community's Instagram and see what the medals look like. (laughs) (laughs) So, gang, what do we think? They're totally radical. Yeah. I wish I had a cool 90s saying right now. It's tubular. Bodacious. Bodacious. (laughs) Cowabunga. (laughs) No, they're cool. favorite? Ooh. All of them. I really, I really do really love all of them. I think if I had to pick a least favorite, it would probably be the Goofy Medal. But that might just be one that I need to see in person. Yeah, Yeah. you never know. The thing that I was hoping for on Monday when this got announced is I know sometimes along with the announcement, Run Disney, whether it's on Facebook, on their other Instagram feed, is they'll do a video promoting it and they'll show Mm. if there is motion associated with them they usually show that off so i know people are like super super confused about the goofy metal but i'm secretly hoping that whatever is inside of that you know spins or whatever Mm -hmm. but i saw on instagram and i forget whose account it was but someone was speculating that they think that if you remember for those of us that grew up in the early 90s and, and great john and bob i know you're gonna make comments but I'm, I'm allowed to make that one here um you know they used to sell those sunglasses yeah you know yeah. That, that had the cutouts like that so i think that's what they're going for here and if that's the inspiration then i'm totally down with that but yes in just a 2d face value yes th- it, it does look a little odd wait hold on don't those classes like flip up too in the nineties, or are they just so. I think they the just lines. had space. They yeah, they just, just had splits. space. But it might be. I just pulled the metal up, and I'm looking at it. It might be a flip up metal. Yeah, yeah. Could be. I don't know. I don't know if I see a hinge. It looks like a spinner to me because it looks like Goofy's like 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 almost uh laying on its side. Mm, you're yeah. right. And you can and see we've the also... uh, characters underneath it. 
Yeah, we've also speculated the characters underneath it and the different park logos have been speculated as underneath it because you can see Tower of Terror and possibly the Tree of Life. Yep. I think that's cool. I just hope the paint doesn't kind of come off because it's happened in some of the other medals. Uh, but shout out to Amanda on Instagram. Um, her handle is Once Upon a Marathon. She actually has a highlight and she did an uh, Instagram story about how to make sure that your metal doesn't scratch. Um, oh. And it, it has to do with some kind of spray paint type clear I think finish. it's like a, cl- a clear coat, yeah. Mm-hmm. Clear coat lacquer. Um, and I watched the video and it's really easy. So I might even take that with me to the parks and do it outside my hotel room. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really looking forward to the 10K medal. I love Chippendale. I love it. it looks super mm-hmm. cute. And uh, I don't, I want to know if the little acorn spins. It, I, it looks like it does. Cause if you look above it and below it, it has those like little kind of silver pigs mm-hmm. it looks like so, it's on an axis yeah so i feel like it's gonna spin i feel like that's gonna spin um i feel like the 5k and half marathon those characters are gonna move yeah mm-hmm. yep. and the half marathon is such a cool shape too that's yeah. such a unique yeah. metal can i just say it's kind of weird though when i first saw the 30 year <laughs> for the marathon i instantly thought of ultra and I knew of, you would. I know. And it's like, oh, 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 that's the marathon medal. Oh, okay. And yeah. like, I, yeah. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I didn't initially see the zero. I just saw the three and I was like, oh, that's mm. crazy because this is my third marathon. So that's really fun. <laughs> I'm designing that. it for you. Yeah. And I think that just goes to show how all of our brains work dis- differently because I saw the 30 and I was like, 30th anniversary. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that was my first thought. I didn't even think that it was the marathon medal. I was like, wait, which medal am I looking at? It's because something is the 30th anniversary. Yep. So needless to say, a resounding awesome from all of us. Yeah. Yes. And I love I love that all the characters are wearing Ren Disney bibs. I think that's amazing. <gasps> yeah, oh, I know. That's my favorite little detail. I'm also glad that Dopey lost weight this year. Um <laughs> Is that poor, that poor guy on that medal from, from last year? Oh, man. Yeah, he had gained a, a heavy chunk from quarantine like most people did. <laughs> now, I, I don't know if this is considered a hot take by any means whatsoever. I'm ecstatic about the 5K medal. Oh, yes. I, yeah. I, I mean, think it's beautiful. I, I, I think, you know, as I've said in, in our reintroduction episode, I, I have a soft spot for Pluto, but I just I think that's a really cool medal, and I agree with you. I really enjoy uh, the half medal for the color scheme, the fact that there it looks like there's going to be a slider, and then you know, and just the overall shape. But the one thing you know, even for people who are like a little wishy washy on things, and again, I don't want to say this is necessarily speculation for those of us who have done several race weekends. Do you think they put a little bit more care and attention into the marathon weekend medals as opposed to other race weekends? Or am mm. I or am I off base in that thinking? No, I don't think you're off base. Mm-hmm. No, I don't either. Um, and I I also feel like this is maybe the and this may just be me not thinking of things, but for the first time in a minute, all of the medals look like they belong together. In a set. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. 
there's not one that's like, because I remember last year for Marathon Weekend, I don't remember which one it was, but some people were like, "Mm, this doesn't look like it belongs. It was the 10K. Yeah. And then I remember for Princess Weekend last year, there was also one that people, the Moana, the challenge medal, people were like, yeah. ah, this doesn't go with the theme that I'm seeing. And then Springtime Surprise was just kind of all over the map. Also medals, but they did not, they were not connected. <laughs> yeah. I will say looking at these medals makes me want to at least rethink one running costume because of how cool this 90s theme is. I just had like a burst of idea of being Barbie from Toy Story with like the headband and like the light <laughs> blue bodysuit with the white leggings and like aerobics exercise looks outfit. Dude, that would look so great with the metal. Jack, you, you are going to make Jody Benson <laughs> proud. You, you. You, you will make her proud. I did like the way they, they presented them with like the uh, – old fashioned with the big Nokia cell phones behind it or the laptop and all that other retro stuff they had going on behind the metals. That that was, that was a cool presentation part. I mean, they're they're cool. I mean, I was, I'm more of an eighties boy, you know, so, you know, so that's, and, but it's a lot of uh, late eighties, early nineties theme to me too. So. I mean, if anybody's trying to do a shakeout run, pop Century is where it's going to be at just saying, That'll be some really cool pictures after you get all the medals too. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. can join virtual Joe uh, as, you know, at, at least this time he doesn't <laughs> have to do dopey around uh, Hourglass Lake, but, uh, but I'm sure he'll he'll be there uh, representing for sure. Well, Lexi and I are staying at Pop Century, so we can oh, get excellent. nice so, pictures. So you guys have an impromptu photo session on Monday. So for fans of the 1990s, Gecko reissued, do you remember Hypercolor t-shirts? That you'd like touch them and they would change color. They're super cool. You can't even see this. I'm holding up my phone up. But you would get like an orange t-shirt and you would put your hand on it. And then like you take it away and the heat from your hand would cause it to change color. Yeah. So so Gecko reissued them calling them Hyper Flash as like a, a, a thing. Like I don't know. What do you call it? Flashback to the to the 90s. So those would be super cool to wear on your run. But what you could wear if you wanted to, would be a really cool Rise and Run tech shirt in one of our neon colors that we have. Allie, that is yeah. one hell of a segue. Way to go, girl. <laughs> wow, look yeah. at you. Proud of you. <laughs> so our pre-order ends in a few days, um, and it has all of the race weekends for the 2022 and 2023 race seasons. Um, the shirts are, someone help me out here, $23? $23 for most sizes. The X, the double X's are a little bit more. So the shirts are $23 and our pre-order ends this Monday, this upcoming Monday. So, you know, if you're interested in getting one of those, that would be a pretty good race outfit to wear for this upcoming race seasons. Or an expo outfit. Yeah. Let everybody know you're a Rise and Runner. And also with your order, you can get a free silicone Rise and Run wristband to show off your support for the podcast. Um, I know I am going to be wearing my Rise and Run shirt to the New York City Expo whenever I'm there instead of Wine and Dine Weekend. So, And I'm sure I speak for everybody that's on the podcast. If you see one of us wearing the shirts, please come up and say hello Yes. We want to meet you and be best friends, and it's going to be amazing. Okay, we've got something new we'd like you to consider. I 
think by now you get the feeling that we just love this community. We love the whole Rise and Run podcast community, the interaction we have with all of you, and anything that we can do to make that a little bit better, to make the connection between those of us here and our listeners a little stronger, we're going to give it a shot. So we found this application, and what we're going to do is put a link in all the show notes. They'll also be on Instagram and Facebook. And this link will say, join the conversation. Regardless of what platform you use to download the Rise and Run podcast, this join the conversation link will take you to the same place and it will allow you to make an immediate response or leave us some immediate feedback on what's going on. You can even do it while you're out on a run. Now, I know it's a little tricky, but if you get your phone out, you hit the join the conversation link in the show notes, and then you can leave a audio comment. Just press the button, start recording, press the button, stop. It'll go and we'll all be able to see it. We'll be able to interact with one another. And I think it could be a lot of fun. So look for the join the conversation link in the show notes. Hey, this is a great way to leave us an audio ask us anything question for the 50th episode, which is coming up pretty quickly. I get an email whenever anybody leaves anything, so we'll reply every chance we get. Sounds like fun. How about joining the conversation? One of my favorite parts of this podcast is the chance we have to meet new friends and enlarge this community. And tonight's guest is a great example of that. Allie, would you introduce him for us? All right. So tonight's guest is one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram. His posts are funny motivational, joyful, and overall sincere. He's also a running and fitness coach, and he creates blogs and programs for all levels of runners. He was featured on the cover of Runner's World this past January, and you can also find him on his podcast, The Long Run, 300 Pounds and Running, wherever fine podcasts are streamed. And while we've never met before, I feel like we're best friends. So welcome my new best friend, Martina Evans. Hi, Martinez. Hello there. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon to wherever you are at in the world. Yeah, good to see you. <laughs> Thank you so much. So I'm going to start off by asking you what we ask all of our guests is, how did you get into running? Oh, man. I got into running back in 2012. So let me take y'all way back. <laughs> 10 years ago, almost 10 yeah. years. Well, it has to have been 10 years yeah, ago. it has. I was working at Men's Warehouse selling suits. I was a suits salesman. <laughs> um, you know, full commission on my feet, eight to 10 hours a day. I walk into the doctor's office. I mean, I walk into my job and I felt a sharp pain. This led me to go to a doctor's office, which led me to go to another one, which led me to go to another one. I found myself in front of an orthopedic surgeon. Before he even looked at my chart, he said, oh, I know what's wrong with you. What, what what's going on? Like, what's wrong? You're in pain because you're fat. No, he didn't say that. What? I know. Yeah, right? I believe it. Man, that's wonderful bedside manner. <laughs> so sarcastically, you know, I'm a funny dude and I like to joke around. So sarcastically, I said to him, you know, uh, I'm gonna run a marathon. 
He's like, you run a marathon? Most stupidest thing I ever heard in my life. So we continue to go back and forth and all this stuff. And then I, I just was like, screw this, screw you. And I left. Yeah. So as I'm driving home, I'm ruminating about this conversation I'm having with this doctor. And I drive past a running shoe store. I make an illegal U-turn. I'm running <laughs> to, yes, illegal U-turn. Remember that. Because the cars are beeping and everything. Illegal oh, U-turn. Geez. I ran into the running store and I said, I need running shoes and I need, I need them now. <laughs> I love that. That's how I started running. Oh, that's awesome. Very cool. I also can imagine you in your car just being like, I'm telling me I'm going to run a marathon. Right. <laughs> you know, that, that was the cleft notes, but like he went on, it's like, oh, you need to lose weight or you're going to die. You got breasts as a pregnant woman, like all this other stuff. Really? It's really just like degrading me, right? Or trying mm-hmm. to degrade me. Mm-hmm. And like, I really was like, no. We was about to throw some blows, but I was like, you know what? That that ain't gonna look good. Yeah. So I left. <laughs> and as I was driving, like seeing the running shoe store, I went in there. I said, I need running shoes. I need them now. Um, and then I went home and go into the fitness center of my apartment complex. There's three treadmills in there. On either side of the middle treadmill, there's two people running like nobody's business all you hear is thuds doom 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 and i'm really thinking to myself like am i going to do this right now i'm going to do this right now so i get on the treadmill straddle the belt and i look to my right the guy had to be going i don't know 10.5 look to my left the person is going like 9.5 i'm thinking to myself like i can do a seven <laughs> Put seven on the treadmill. The belt is just f- yeah. flying in between my legs. I said, here goes nothing. Hop on the treadmill. And it felt like my body was either rejecting the treadmill or the re- treadmill was rejecting my body. <laughs> but 30 seconds later, I was on the ground. Oh no. Oh, <laughs> so I gathered my stuff, gathered my things. The the treadmill, I mean the the fitness center went from thuds to the silence. And one of the guys was like, "Hey, bro, you all right?" I just grabbed my stuff. Like, I just lost my balance. I got the hell up out of there. Yep. Yeah, I would have too. <laughs> that was my first day of running. But it was a start. It was a start. It was a rough start, but like that was my first day. And the thing that really got me. To be like, all right, I'm going to do this. So I I, I leave the, the fitness center and I reach out I, and I go home. So I reach out to grab the doorknob. And I have this tattoo on my on my right wrist that says no struggle, no progress mm-hmm. from the speech of Frederick, Frederick Douglass. Mm-hmm. So I remember reaching out to the doorknob and like my sleeve just crept up and I seen the tattoo. And I was like, you know what? I know what I got to do. I love that story because it just shows kind of how you can start from anywhere. And you literally had started from the ground. Story. <laughs> um, and so let's talk about, I want to, I want to transfer into turtle nation. So let's talk about slow AF run club. This is one of my favorite parts of your coaching. Um, tell us about what this is and who this is for. All righty. Y'all ready? Yeah. Turtle Nation, Slow Yuff Run Club is by far the best, as I like to say, the best online running community on the internet. 
I love that. We are there to provide support, information, motivation, and education for slow runners, walkers, beginner, um, all the way up until like um, advanced runners. If you're a slow runner and if you ever felt like I'm too fat, too slow, to fill in the blank to run, we're your people. If you ever ran a race and uh, they ran out of water or they packed up the signs or you didn't get a medal, you're my people. These are the people that we want to cater to, the people who are the ones who are afterthought when it comes to running. And this is my community. We have about 9,000 members worldwide, and we just provide this amazing space that um, people are able to have like these deep, deep, nuanced conversations about running in a safe place. What I mean by that is that Slurf Run Club is not a Facebook group. We are even not on Facebook. We have our own platform. We have our own app on iOS and Android. And with that, we're be able, I'm able to then call the shots. I am Alpha and Omega in this group, not Mark Zuckerberg. I think I sent you a picture of my bunny on your um on the Slow AF Run Club. His name's Otis, and he was my reason to be grateful last week. Yes, I seen that. And I love <laughs> I love that you have posts about things that aren't necessarily running related, but are running related. So, you know, what, like the gratitude posts and the motivational posts are just things that I need to see sometimes when I wake up in the morning. (laughs) Yes. You know, and that's the thing we are, we're runners, but that's not all we do. So the fact that we're able to provide something a little bit more deeper than, Hey, I went for a 5k. Here's a picture. Um, that's what I really love about the community and the community that I foster. You know, when I first started running, I've been a part of so many running groups, just so many of them, right? As many running groups as I can be a part of on Facebook, I was on it. And as a slow runner, you know, I just start to feel like I was less than because, you know, first of all, people just take me as like, oh, like this is your first time running. Like, oh, you'll lose weight and get faster. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah. But I've been running for 10 plus years. So I really wanted a community that, you know, we're not talking about weight loss. We're not talking about, um, you know, eating to lose weight. Everything we talk about is like, what does it mean to be an athlete and a person and uh, just to be overall a better person when you're all said and done? Right. I like I like the fact that you're finding joy in moving your body versus um like dislike of your body and that's why you're moving it does that make sense yeah um so speaking of 5ks when you're coaching in slow af run club you're talking about athletes who are back of the packers and who might be working at um self-proclaimed slow af paces so what's your advice for someone who would want to finish a 5k or a 10k um but who might be doing like a 20 minute mile pace or just started running, how would you try to get them into being able to finish one of those uh, distances? Absolutely. Well, the first things first is we're going to have a conversation about your mindset and getting people to realize like they are athlete in their own right. I think that's the first thing that individuals, when it comes to back of packs, like, Oh, I'm not a runner or I don't deserve to be here. And it's like, no, 
you are an athlete and you deserve to be here just as much as anybody else. You paid your money and you did the training. Thus, you are a runner and an athlete. So that's the first thing, right? And then the second thing is um, kind of pulling back of like what they think or what they think they should be doing. That That is like the number one killer of anything new. Oh, I think I should be doing this. Or I think I should be around this pace. Oh, we got to yeah, pull that shoulds. back. Yeah. You got to pull that back. It's not about the shoulds. It's about what you are doing right here, right now. And then, of course, the last thing is the terrible twos. Doing too much, too soon, too fast. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we got to pull, we gotta pull that back as well. <laughs> no, that's, that's well said, yeah. You know, we, we got to pull that back as well from the terrible twos because you, you get clients, it's like, oh, I just signed up for a 5K. I've never ran a 5K before, and it's in five weeks. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, then there's the conversation of, well, I think that might be a little too soon. What What do you mean? I think I can do a 5K in, in five weeks. And it's like, just yesterday, you was telling me that this is your first time doing something. Mm-hmm. Let's actually give your body time to acclimate and adjust to this new thing that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And you're giving them permission, too, to go slowly and do the progress at the pace that they should, or I shouldn't say the word should, at the pace that might be more um, beneficial to them so that they have a win at the end. Yeah. Because the first thing that people always ask me is that, hey, when I run, I just seem like I can't catch my breath. I just feel like 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 this breathing thing and running thing, it, it's, it's hard. And it, if only if I can just get my breathing intact, I can run faster. And then, you know, sometimes I got to shatter their world or just bring them back to earth and say, like, <laughs> you know what you should do? I'm like, what, Martinez? You should slow down. Or walk. <laughs> or walk. Yeah, because you're, you're a fan of Mr. Galloway's methods also, right? Absolutely. Yeah. No huffing and puffing. No, that's a, that was a realization for me when I was like, running is so hard. I'm always huffing and puffing. And then the coach was like, you're, you should just scale it back a little bit and yeah. not do that. You should slow down. You should just... Now running's a little more enjoyable. Exactly. And you can enjoy it. And you're you not know? hurt as much. Exactly. The thing I'm almost like, are you an elite athlete? Like, did I miss something? Then, uh... <laughs> yeah. Amen. Like, yeah. Are you up up front in the elites? You're you're competing for thousands right. of dollars, right? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm always. What is this? The Olympic trials? Come on. <laughs> yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say that we're all not going for that prize money. Exactly. <laughs> and if we ain't going for the prize money, is it that big of a deal? Yeah, but we make it a big deal in our brains. Yes. yes. Okay, so your Instagram handle is three hundred pounds and running. And I know you love running just from listening to you. What would you say to someone who might be in a bigger body um, than they used to be in? And they might be self-conscious about running in the body that they're in. And how do you find joy in running in whatever body you're in? Oh, man. Years and years of therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's cool. Um, So one of the things that, you know, realizing as a coach, I'm not a therapist. I can kind of help you with mindset. 
But some of these things, you know, when we are coaching individuals, we come to the point where there's some deeper, darker things that we need to send them to a professional to actually mm. get this professional help. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I'm always going to recommend to newer clients that are um, either coming from like, you know, um, eating disorder or, you know, um, a either a, a drastic change in weight, whether it's either way to say, hey, therapy has helped me figure out these triggers. Mm-hmm. I can try my best to help you guide you along the way. However, therapy or finding a, a, a counselor or some type of support person to help you through this will probably be the best thing. Now, now that we got that out the way and we're going to, you know, I'm going to continue to push up. Hey, have you found a therapist? Let's look at some therapists. Like, like, let's go through, through that route if they want to go that. But if that's not the case, the second thing is how are you talking to yourself? Like, what is the narrative that you're giving yourself about running? Like, what are these preconceived notions that has been ingrained in you that we need to unlearn and then learn about the benefits and the joy of actual, like, regular physical activity? So I have this, 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 this benefit or, like, this, this privilege because my background, like, I have a, a bachelor's degree in exercise physiology. I have a master's degree and a health promotion. Like I was this close from um, like getting a PhD, right? So I have this background in this stuff to actually say, I know they always telling you that, you know, you need to work out to lose weight or you need to work out to do all these other things. But did you know that there are so many other benefits, like tons of them, tons of them, just by regular physical activity, yeah. Your Just brain gets stronger from physical activity. It's crazy. Brain gets stronger. Your mood gets better. You know, um, confidence, you know, it's a confidence booster and a builder. Like, you know, you go from like not lifting heavy things to like lifting heavy things or just doing harder things. And then if like that don't happen, it's like, well, do you like to have sex? Because your sex will get better. <laughs> your sex will get better. Your sex game will get better if you have regular physical activity. Yeah, all these things. And so I try to find um, some type of common ground to meet with my clients about the benefits of uh, regular physical activity and start to change that, start to help them unlearn some of the things that they may already learned or just been ingrained in them and start to put some more positive like reinforcement or positive things that uh, and benefits that really incurs with the benefits of regular physical activity. I think one of the coolest things too is that just seeing you on your Instagram page finding so much joy in physical activity. I mean, you're literally doing like heel clicks in a lot of your, yeah, right. <laughs> a lot of your pictures and doing you know high jumps, and you're always smiling, and you can just you can feel the joy. I want to say I am literally having a ball. Yeah. When I'm running, give me a new race and I'll swear I'll meet at, at minimal 10 new friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So seeing you do that, it, it kind of helps to break down that, you know, sometimes people have this preconceived notion in their head that, you know, well, other people can be runners, but I can't be runner because X, Y, Z. And 
you know, just seeing another person who might be, you know, my size or who might be um, a person of color, who might be um, a woman that, you know, looks like me or something like that. Any of those things where you can say like, that person seems like me and I'm an, I, and they're an athlete in my mind. So I'm also can be an athlete. Exactly. That's huge. Exactly. Yeah. Going back on that point, you're there seeing you on the cover of runner's world, you know, most people on runner's world, they don't have your body type. It's that preconceived notion of, you know, that skinny dude, you know, or, or woman all in fit, fit, fit shape, but seeing you like, Hey, he's more like me than this guy on another month's cover of uh running runners, runners world. That was good to see. Yes. It was, it was truly and honestly, uh, a pleasure to be on it. Like I'm very humbled to um, be on a cover, but it, it's definitely a a paradigm shift in order to see like a fat black man on a cover of that magazine of that mm-hmm. magnitude. Yeah, it's a big deal. It is is a huge deal, and you know I don't take that lightly, and, and I'm I'm honored to 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 be that beacon of hope. And to be able to hopefully this won't be the, the the first and last time that they put somebody of my size no, absolutely yep. on the cover. And it don't be too long. Like, you know, they should be thinking about who they're going to put on the cover next year. <laughs> <laughs> so, Martinez, I, I want to transition here a little bit to one of your other tools that I think really helps inspire your your pack, you know, your, your followers, and, and and that's your blog, you know, throughout all your posts, you know, you're always talking about inspiring and challenging people, you know, to go outside the comfort zone, you know, you're providing that motivation in those times of need when we all need it during the highs and the lows and, you know, and also, you know, changing, you know, your thinking about, you know, running in general or, or weight loss. So I, I think it's a wonderful tool and, and I really encourage people to go and check out your blog, which is linked off of your website. And we'll be sure to put that in our show notes. Um, But I want to draw attention to one of your uh, blog posts that you put up recently um, that really resonated with me. And I feel like we're brothers from different mothers because uh, I am also 300 pounds and running as well too. And while I appreciate the running community getting a little bit more all-inclusive in terms of that there are runners of all shapes and sizes. I occasionally, and and I'm sure you probably have as well, come into a situation where we need specific running gear so that we can be successful, but it might be really hard to get it tailored to somebody of our body shapes. Like I know for me, whether it's calf sleeves or like the the latest uh, iteration that I had was finding a new higher quality hydration vest that like didn't feel like my lung, lungs were getting constricted. And I know you talked about running shoes, you know, what should a fat runner uh, or what type of shoes should a fat runner go out and invest in for a marathon? And obviously shoes are subjective I and mean, we had a whole episode about it, but if you could give advice to runners who are like you and I, that are looking for this gear so we can be successful in achieving our goals. Do you have any recommended brands or things that you have used uh, that might be beneficial to others? Yeah. You know, 
being a plus size, a plus size body in this fitness space is almost like an oxymoron. Here's why. The world beats us down and tell us that we should lose weight. We need to exercise and lose weight. But they don't provide clothing for us to right. do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's this vicious cycle. And if you look at the research, and this is, and I'll get to my point. And if you look at the research, you know, they say that, you know, two-thirds of the population is, you know, considered quote unquote overweight or, or overweight or obese. However, if that is the majority and these brands like money, wouldn't they be serving? Wouldn't it like Yeah, why? Why aren't they? Wouldn't going it be after in their best they? interest to go after the majority? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Just my logic, right? <laughs> because last time I checked, you know, Lycra, polyester, all that they don't Lycra and polyester don't care. If it's a larger size or not, but yeah, um, that's my rant. I'm, I'm, I'm trying my best, Greg, to not. Oh, you're good. You're good, my friend. <laughs> I'm trying my best not to go on a rant because I go on this rant for forever. Um, but here's the thing: when it comes to um, two things for plus size women, the game and the market is changing. They've done a lot of great work in order for. Um, plus size women in order, uh, you know, in order for plus size women to get clothing. Granted, the market is only serving like a certain type of plus size women, but it's closed there. And what I mean by that, like you can go to Target right now, go pick up some paper towel and then go to the women's section and see a plus size mannequin, you know, with some type of sports bra or leggings on and things of that sort. You can pretty much go to any type of big box store and kind of see that, right? Um, and for me, I kind of feel like these brands are like pandering to women to do this because it's like, oh, like women are consumers historically, blah, blah, blah. So like, let's pander to them. But as a fat man, I go buy toilet paper as well. So when I go to said big box store and I go pick up toilet paper and I go to the men's section and an active gear, I don't see the same treatment. Hmm. So when it comes to being a plus size man, it's even harder to find clothing, especially in like these big box stores. Um, So what I usually tell people, especially individuals my size, the first things first is like Walmart. Walmart, out of all the uh, big box stores, has some type of plus size clothing there. Plus size active wear. So, like, it's probably not the best stuff, but, like, it'll get you going. Next, the larger brands, the Nikes, the Adidas, the Reeboks, and things of that sort, they have a plus size section, but it's usually online. That's a gift and a curse because, like, uh, when I shop, I usually buy three of whatever I'm looking for. The size I think I am, the size below it, and the size above it. So it makes it harder because you have to do that. And that's all that time and effort because you buy three of everything. My credit, I'm maxing my credit card out, buying three of everything. And, and you got to return it. Figure out and then return it and things of that sort. So it's not necessarily um, a good solution. But like that's the solution that we really have right now. 
the other places like um for plus size man you know of course there's um like what is the place called like dxl so destination yep. xl mm-hmm. they usually have like some athletic gear is there as well yeah but, but you need to take thing. a mortgage out to be able to pay for it yeah. that <laughs> stuff is super expensive so we're stuck in this we're stuck in this 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 weird cycle of not having clothes the clothes we do have they only service it online and you have to buy a bunch of it in bulk, figure out your sizing, because sizing is, is, a, is another weird thing. No, very inconsistent. And then return everything back or things of that sort. And if you do go in uh, these places that service um, larger individuals or larger men, you got to pay, you got to give away your firstborn for it. Um, so when it comes to on the men's side, it's hard because I want to see like the same uprising that these brands have done for plus size women. Like I said, you can go to some big box stores and they have a plus size woman mannequin and they have clothes there for that. As a plus size man, I want the same thing. So it, it gets hard. And then shoes. Um, lucky for me, and, and I have to say, you know, lucky for me, and like I'm an Adidas athlete. Um, but before working with Adidas, like finding shoes was a nightmare <laughs> the luckily i had like a, a decent running shoe store in my area i got to know the manager you know i could talk to talk them into like buying or like special ordering like larger shoes but usually if you go into any random shoe store i don't pick up shoes and say oh i like this can you have this in the size 15 no with my experiences i just go to them and say hey Give me every shoe you have in a size 15. Pull them all out. And they look at you weird. (laughs) So they bring out both pair. I I have to say, (laughs) we we were talking earlier, I wear the same size. We're so jealous. We'll we'll sit there and there'll be a customer next to us and go, I I don't know. I don't like this color. Do you have it blue? And I just Mm -hmm. laugh. I just laugh. (laughs) Uh, I think every pair of shoes I have is gray. (laughs) Yes. So that becomes a hard thing because... These brands think plus size individuals like black, blue, and gray. Yeah. And as a person now, you know, as a person, my, you know, I'm a younger guy. I'm in my mid thirties. I have this huge personality. I want colors to represent this personality while I'm out running. Um, And this is what like really inspired me to like make merch for the Slow F Run Club. Yeah. It was more of like a selfish reason. (laughs) But it's cool. It is. Thank you. It is. We're saying you again, listeners. Martinez is decked out in his slow AF gear. It looks great. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I was going to say, as soon as this recording is over, you're getting a brand new order. So, uh, oh, yeah, so yeah. when you see something from Pennsylvania, yeah, you, you'll know where it's coming from. <laughs> Thank I love you. The little turtles are so cute. Thank you. Um, but that that is really what like inspired me to like get into this clothing, into this clothing game is to really think about as a plus size individual, I don't like, I don't want to wear dark colors all the time. I want something that's going to express my personality. I want to, I want to show like the people that I'm having this much fun outside that I am inside. And that really what inspired me to do that. And then to look around and I go on my rants and people are like, hey, me too. 
Yeah. So then it was like some validation um, to, to go through this whole process, which was very hard. Because one of the things you understand is that sizing is not consistent across the board, men mm. or women. More for women, women sizing. Huh. Yeah, it's sad. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. Even. even even men's, you're right. Yes, but women sizing. I don't know how y'all ladies do it. Yeah, I'm ranging, you know, four different sizes <laughs> any given day. <laughs> so, like, there there needs to be like some type of standardization when it comes to like sizing, you know, and that's like, that's a a whole nother thing in itself. Yeah. I'm afraid you're tilting at windmills there, my friend. You've taken on some challenges, but that one, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Um, And I, you know, I probably won't win that, but like, I I feel like that's something that more people need to hear. Of course, you know, I'm just a small microcosm of, like providing t-shirts, tanks, and hats that, you know, I won't necessarily change the world, but like hopefully by providing this and then providing the sizing, right? So for example, most of my stuff go up to a six or seven X. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to provide it. I did yeah. that as an experiment just to see if anybody will buy this yeah. at that size. Uh-huh. And it's almost sold out. How about that? That's awesome. I think one of the things that I like about you is that instead of just saying, well, this is just the way it is, you often go, I'm going to change that viewpoint and I'm going to challenge that viewpoint and I'm going to see if anybody else is on board with me. Yeah. And I see that consistently with you. (laughs) Most of my problems or most of the things I'm trying to solve is usually like selfish reasons. (laughs) But other people are are thinking the same exact thing too, which is just great. Yeah. You're right, Allie. I have a question for you that I'm like super excited because you are literally such an inspiring person and I just love listening to you. You're just very, you're like a magnet and I love it. And you have accomplished a lot in your life and in your running career. Uh, you've been on Runner's World. You have a successful blog and podcast. You're a running coach and have created such an amazing community of runners and family what to you do you consider is so far the biggest highlight of your career? Is it a specific race you did, a goal you accomplished, a person you met, or what is it? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> you know, nobody has really asked me that before. And I think the more and more I think about it, um, I think that's the reason that that really drives me. Um, because I'm never satisfied. Mm. Like I never, when I got on Runner's World, I was like, "Oh, I reached the mountaintop. Like, I'm I'm done. Let's wrap this up. Grand opening, grand closing." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, what's next?" And that's a gift and a curse because I, I rarely get to like relish in the things that I have accomplished. Um, there was a line I can't remember who wrote this. Like, the rapper it was like, you know. I've accomplished everything that I ever wrote down. Like I accomplished every goal that I ever wrote down. And that's what inspires me. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the thing that, that really inspires me. Like the Martinez back in 2012, when he was just starting to run and, you know, um, going into big box stores and like, they'd be like, Oh, like, Oh, you'll fit this. And can't get this off, so I have to rip it off me and like run out the store <laughs> embarrassingly. 
when I when I wrote a list of like, okay, I'm doing this running thing, and then find out like, oh, there's a magazine for this. I wonder if anybody big has ever been on this magazine. Let me be a big man on this magazine. I, I would like to do that. And then like it's it's accomplished, right? Or um, me being like, you know, I would love to be a part of like a big brand. Like I would love a big brand to support me. And then I'm now an Adidas athlete. Yeah, or, you are. <laughs> <laughs> or like, you know, I remember writing like, when somebody was like, hey, you've been writing this blog for a couple of years now. Do you think you might want to turn your blog into a book? And me be like, you know what? That might be a that that might be an interesting thing. Like, yeah, let me write that down. And like now, you know, I have a book that's coming out next year. So um if there's like one thing that I really I have to put sliders on it. So for example, Big Sur Marathon. I DNF that race. Didn't I finish? <gasps> but oh. no oh, but I experienced that race with so much joy and fun yeah. that I was like, you know, it's okay that I didn't finish. Yeah. Because like race. to see big fur beat big sir on foot is, is so much of a, ah, oh, it's mind blowing just to see that just there on foot that took away like the sting of DNF. Um, or meeting like good friends like Latoya Shante Snell, who's like my podcast partner, and like Myrna Valerio. Like I love Myrna, the Myrna Vader. <laughs> the fact that I can like reach out to them and call and just be like, "Hey, Latoya, what you got in your fridge? What you cooking today?" Because I'm coming over. <laughs> you know, Myrna, what you doing? Because I'm coming over. Right? Like to be able to have these lasting friendships that. I would never had if it wasn't for running. So I think like the thing that's really, that really resonates with me the most is like when I fell off that treadmill, I could have just packed it up and say, you know what? Screw this stuff. I'm not doing this ever again. Right. But I went back out there the next day. So I would say that is the thing that really is the thing I'm most proud about because it's the thing that the catalyst for everything that you see now. Yeah. I love that. It's so beautiful. And actually I have one more question for you. Probably not my last one, but really quick, you mentioned your book and I'm just curious since you do podcasts, are you going to make it into audio book so we can listen to it while we're running? Absolutely. Right? Yes, you are. <laughs> I love that. Oh my goodness. You're going to voice it though, right? You better. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> so one thing that we, I don't know if we really covered is that you went into your doctor's office and you said, I'm going to run a marathon just to show you up. And you are a marathoner. Um, and so maybe we can talk a little bit about running longer distances. John, you want to ask the next question? Okay. Uh, half marathon distances. How can one progress into those distances? When it, be, when it starts becoming longer distances, where you have slower runners that may have those preconceived notions or may be concerned of their back of the packness and their time goals. How do you prepare these athletes to make that jump? Absolutely. The first thing I do to get them prepared is to give them all of the harsh truths of running longer distances. 
half marathon and beyond. So I tell them, I sit down with them and say, the race will run out of water. The race will pack up while you're still running. They may not have a medal for you. All of that is going to happen for you. So how can we get you prepared and you still win and finish that race in spite of all those things? So since I just told you this, now you are mentally prepared to understand what feat you were coming against. And then how do we prepare for it? So, hey, the water, the water stations might run out of water. They might run out of cups. So you need to carry your own water, John. How are you going to do that? So let's get you started practicing with carrying water. John, they might run out of snacks. So not only do you got to carry your water, now you got to carry your snacks. Let's figure that out. John, they might take down the signs. Yeah. Okay, so now, John, guess what? (laughs) Now you got your water, you got your snacks, you've been practicing that. So now guess what? Now John has the map of the race on his phone. So my thing is to be able to prepare them for the things that we know it's going to happen to the back of the pack people. And if you do that, you are now prepared to go through any time foolery that the, take, the race will throw at you because you're prepared. You got your water, you got your snacks, you got the, you, you got the, the, the race map, you, you know, your phone need to be charged. It sucks to carry all of this, but this is the game we have to play. And this is the harsh reality. So we're going to practice that now before there's a race and before you go through that race so that you are prepared for it. And hopefully you don't need any of that stuff. But in a pinch, what you do is there for you. Got to be like a Boy Scout. Be prepared. Got to be prepared. I have a follow up to everything that you just discussed, because I know this was another blog post article that you had, you know, talking about these things, essentially like in a kind way, you were putting race directors on blast (laughs) Um, at your level, you know, of success in terms of being an Adidas athlete and having the blog, the podcast and, you know, and the book coming out, have you been able to have communication with race directors just in general to voice these concerns and what kind of feedback are you getting from them? And, since you you have drawn attention to these things, have you seen some changes yourself in your racing experience? Um, yes, yes and no. So let's talk about it. There are certain race directors who are willing and ready to talk to me and um, have this dialogue. Um, for example, um, Arkansas Marathon. Um, the race director reached out to me and said, Hey, seeing you on the cover. I did my research. I read your article, um, that article, and that really resonated with me. So here are the things that we're starting to change. Other race directors don't give a flying, you know, what about it? You paid your money, you signed the waiver, whether you finish or you don't finish. So be it. So, Um, I think that's really my next step is to really think about how can we, as a slow F run club, how can we get a list of races and like some have like some type of glass door for races right? to say, this is the experience I have. This is not, you know, some races like, oh, this is a Walker friendly race. Okay, cool. Call up a Walker. You can call those runners. 
but like where what are these races and like what type of reviews that we can give for these races because martinez evans saying it it's like oh he's just a mad fat man but if now you got all these reviews saying the same thing right maybe they'll be able to have um more dialogue um same thing with adidas like when i go to adidas <laughs> when i go to adidas i i, I kind of see myself as a troublemaker <laughs> <laughs> um because i'm the guy that's going to literally talk to everybody about my problem oh you you're in shoes oh you the product team on shoes let me tell you about my problem with size 15s <laughs> And then it, it gets around because I'll tell them, you point me to whoever else I need to talk to on your team. Let me tell them. Let me tell them my experience. And then they'll be able to understand what's going on, right? Um, you know, size 15 is a, is a big deal for me. It's a big problem. It's something that I'm always experiencing. And it's something I'm always talking to um, whatever brand that's going to listen to say, hey, there are larger runners out here who have big feet. <laughs> who wants to run? I have a friend who's a, a ex-professional football player. He wears a size 18. Oh, no. That's all he custom, huh? He can't find a shoe anywhere. No. So to understand, like, what do we have to do in order to get the shoe? And, and that's my question. What is the problem? Is it... Is it this? Is it you don't care and you just don't provide shoes? Is it uh, you you put the shoes out there in the past and nobody bought them? Is it a marketing thing? Is it that uh, a positioning thing? Are you only focused on performance versus inclusivity? And then my question is, if you have inclusivity inside of your brand ethos, performance and inclusivity don't don't line up all the time. So how can you be performative or performative, but focus on performance and be inclusive at the same time? So these are the conversations that I'm having with um, brands, race directors, and things of that sort in order to, um, A, help them understand, but also for me to understand, like, what what is the problem? What's what's the issue? What's the main holdup? Um in order for us to get some type of some winning here. And with Turtle Nation being so big and so broad, so many people involved in it too, those are the types of brands and the types of races that I want to support. Yes. <laughs> or the ones Absolutely. that are inclusive. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think this is why Run Disney is so appropriate to tonight's conversation because I mean, as a back of the packer myself, you know, I have never heard of them, you know, dis, you know, dismantling, you know, the finish line as someone is still in World Showcase or, you know, no one talks about, you know, you never hear Carissa Galloway walking up, you know, not doing race announcing anymore, you know, as, you know, the balloon ladies pass, you know, just because they cross doesn't mean, okay, you know, close up shopping and, you know, and go home. So I think that's why so many people are drawn not only to your community, but also the run Disney community, because they, you know, they foster that idea of exclusivity and, you know, making sure that it doesn't matter if you're running, 
you know, a six minute mile or a 16 plus minute mile, you are equally important in this journey to make sure that you have magical miles. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. And this is a question I'm always asking uh, race directors. How much is it more for an extra an hour? How much is it more for an extra an hour? Because, mm-hmm. you know, because the thing that's, oh, well, you know, all this is expensive, the money that we got to put in this, we got to pay off duty police officers and volunteers and blah, 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 blah. And my question is, well, how much more is an, is an hour? How much is it more to have police officers there for an hour? What would it look like to have volunteers come in shifts so they're not there for, you know, this one period of time for six, seven hours? What would it look like to have shifts? Like, I think there's still small things questions. that, <laughs> in the, you know, small things that we could do within the race community. Yeah. What would it look like to have a option where um, um, elites and the back of the pack, you can opt into it. They start off at the same time. Because the elites is only what, 20, 20, 30 people? They can't put the elites to the side or like back of the pack runners to the side, whoever opt into it and elites, they start at the same time. The back of the pack ain't taking up that much of space. So it's these things that I, I have con- constantly questions for. And sometimes they don't get answered. And sometimes they just completely ignore it. <laughs> But like that's the thing, right? It's the it's the the life that we we play. It's the game that we have to play for the time being, you know. And and one of these days, I will be putting on my own races. You know, of course, I'm doing virtual races, but yeah, I I, I do plan on like putting on in person races to have an in person race and have the experience that I would like to have. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask: is if you have race director in your future. Yes. Yep. (laughs) Well, one of the things that I really appreciate about you is that you have marathoning experience. And for a lot of people, this coming January is the Disney marathon. Um, And I know you've done Disney races before. I've seen it on your, on your Instagram. Yes. (laughs) Um, But I don't, you haven't done the Disney marathon, right? No. Is it in your future? I, love, I have a love-hate relationship with Disney. Oh, no. It's, it's, it's something about waking up at the crack of dawn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. We all know that. <laughs> the race experience is, is amazing, but, like, can we get a race that starts <laughs> somewhere around 8 a.m.? I know. I know it. But we So we have, a, we have the Disney race coming up in January, the marathon. And for a lot of people, it'll be their first time doing the marathon. Do you have any um, advice for someone who maybe thought they could never do a marathon or just might be really super nervous about it? Trust me to your training. If you did the training, you'll yes. Um, yes. I think that's something a lot of people, we in the fitness industry, people make money off of doubt. Like that, this is really how the fitness industry Ooh. make money. Yes. They make money off doubt. That's deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we we have to constantly fight doubt to really understand that if you did the training, you can get to the finish line. There you go. But full stop. Like that's it. Like if you did the training, you'll get to the finish line. 
marathon, half marathon. I swear, that's the only thing you can't fake. You can't fake a training with that. You can fake a training with a five k. You could, right? right. And and sometimes a ten k. Yeah. But when you get to that half marathon and that marathon training, you can't fake that training. No. It's nothing fake about that. And if you did the distance and you did the time on the feet and you went through all the things of waking up early, you know, figuring out your nutrition, you know, uh, not hanging out with your friends as much, you know, your significant other being like. I like you better when you wasn't a mayor running man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like if you did all that, when you show up to the start line, it's going to be okay. You got this. You know, if the industry is about making money off people's doubt, I'm here to make sure that they are assured themselves. Um, and even with my running, run, uh, the slow F run club March on the tag, where it has like the size to care tag, it literally has a quote that says you're an athlete. So when people put that on, when people put that on, I want them to see that and understand when they put this shirt on, they're an athlete. And it's that little subconscious thing of like those three words that might be able to like change somebody's perspective when it comes to running. (laughs) That's just so beautiful. I think that's like one of the nicest things that yeah. you can do for people is to remind them that they're an athlete. Yes. Um, and so you you have this just infectious, positive attitude. Um, and I just want to know, um, how do you stay motivated through like the really tough long runs? Again, we're in probably, I don't even know what week we're in right now of training, but the long runs are starting to get into double digits and people's motivation is starting to wane. What would you say to somebody who's, who just needs that motivation right now? What would you say to them? Well, Ali, the first thing I tell them is that motivation is not the thing you want to rely on. Motivation is fickle. Motivation is there for you in the good times and leaves when there's bad times. <laughs> so that's the first thing. What I'm here for and the first thing I'm telling them is how dedicated are you? What is your commitment level to this? Because that's the thing that's going to keep you going when the motivation leaves. Because motivation leaves when it's hard times. Like, that's that's what it's there for. It's gone. Right. It get rough. Like, ooh, that heel. Ooh, nope. Yeah, Bye-bye. That's- See you later. <laughs> I'm gone. It's about that commitment, that drive. What drives you? What is the thing that you can hold on to when your your inner flame is flickering? Like, how can you keep that little ember flickering so you can then add more air to it so that it becomes this raging fireball? So what is that? What is that commitment? Like, what are, you know, uh, what is that commitment? You know, in, in my training, like one of the things I'm I'm always telling people is to find an enemy. Like, Think Michael Jordan, The Last Dance Netflix series or ESPN series. Yeah. <laughs> Find an enemy and use that spite towards that enemy to get you through the hard times throughout the race. You know, Jordan put up 50 points because a uh, coach looked at them wrong, looked at them wrong. <laughs> like Find somebody who looked at you wrong, right? But I think it's that, right? Like finding some type of thing that can ignite that drive and that commitment to keep going. You signed up for this. So it's your responsibility to get to the finish line. 
That's commitment. You made that commitment to yourself and you are by far the, the most important person to you is yourself. So you don't let down commitments to yourself. You keep commitments to yourself. You got here. It's your responsibility to get out of this. Yeah. So here's where we can find you, right? You are on Instagram at 300 pounds and running. You have 300 pounds and running.com and that's pounds spelled out P O U N D S not L B S. Um, that has a link to your blog, your podcast. It has the merch on it, which again, all of us are buying after this podcast. Um, and then we got the slowafrunclub.com is where you can sign up. Um, and the name of your new book coming out that we just found out about is the slow F run club, the ultimate guy for people who wants to run. And I love it. So thank you so much, Martinez. Thank you for sharing your time and your wisdom with us. We really appreciate it. And yeah, we hope to see you again soon. Thank you for having me. Thanks, friends. Great conversation. And once again, I'll just repeat. Thank you, Martinez. What a great guest. That was very enjoyable. All right. That means it's time for the race report. We had one friend running Friday and Saturday, a neat event. And I've got to find out more about this. She's a member of our Council of Costumes. When we have them on in a couple of weeks, I'm going to give her some time to talk about this one. Pamela plus her team, I think the team was 12 people, I'm not sure, ran the Hood to Coast Relay up in Portland, Oregon. If you've ever been a part of a team event like that, they are a lot of fun. You'll remember them forever. This event had two distances. I'm not sure which one Pamela's team did. One was 130 miles, one was 200 miles. It was from Mount Hood to the Pacific Coast. Pamela didn't tell us how many costume changes she had during the event, but that's something I've got to find out from her. Uh, Neat event, neat pictures. Good job, Pamela. On Saturday this week, our friend Joanne ran Stan's Donut 5K at Soldier Field in Chicago. I loved the medal. Uh, Joanne said she listened to the podcast during the run. Well, great. I'm, I'm hoping we helped get you through it, Joanne looked good also on saturday the bartlett lions dash 10k in bartlett illinois mark finished that one despite his three-day fast food binge prior mark's learning lessons about fueling for events and perhaps that's when he doesn't want to do again uh he even ran an extra point too he says because when he finished his watch only said six miles and he wanted to make sure that when he was looking in his Strava or Garmin or whatever account, it showed a full 10K. Way to go, Mark. Up in Auburn, New Hampshire, the Auto Fair 10-miler, Jen did that one. Jen finished, said, lots of hills. Yeah, I can get a little hilly up there. Great big metal. Jen looked great. Here closer to me, the Nona Run 5K in Lake Nona, Florida. That's over in the central part of the state. Our friend Margaret. Margaret's back at it. Good to see you back out there running again, Margaret. Not that she took off for that very long. I'll tell you, Margaret's done a lot of events this year. She ran this one with her husband. Again, the photos make it look like a fun event. I saw pictures of lots of suds on the ground at the end. Looked like a great post-race party. And there was some woman there that had to be 30 feet tall. 
you got to see the photo. I don't, I'm not sure what that wasn't stilts. It's too big to be stilts, but it was pretty cool. So moving on to Sunday now, let's start in the city of brotherly love, my old hometown where they ran the Philly 10K this weekend, and our friend Brianna finished it. Brianna's with us in the Race Report Spotlight today. Hey, Brianna, good to see you. Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, man, I'm glad you're here. Love doing these things. I appreciate everybody taking out the time to talk with us for a couple minutes. Uh, I'll start the same way with you, Brianna. I start with everybody else. How'd you get started with running? I was trying to think about this the other day, and I honestly don't really remember, aside from, I think I was just trying to lose weight, (laughs) but it was, it was like 10 years ago, it was 2012, and I started just a couch to 5k thing at the gym, and I was doing that for a couple months, and then that was the year that color runs really started popping up. Oh, yeah, I've done a couple of those. So, a couple of my friends signed up for one and posted that on Facebook. And I was like, well, I'm doing this thing at the gym. Like I'll come join you guys. And we got a group of us together and we went and did that. And that was kind of the start of it. The next year I did broad street and my first oh, marathon. Run. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first run Disney was the following year. I did the inaugural uh, glass slipper challenge at princess. Okay. Um, that was the same year I did my first full and then uh, didn't really train for it. <laughs> uh, got a little banged up. I w- had to walk the last six miles, which That's okay. it was the Philly full. So if you're familiar with that course at all, it's basically the stretch uh, from Maniunk back to the city, uh-huh. just right along the river. It was freezing mm-hmm. cold. There was a breeze coming off the river. I was towards the end. It was like they were like closing up all the band tents taken down all the water tables. Uh, so it wasn't great, but I mean, I finished. Had a girl. Uh, then I did the Philly or the Disney full like six weeks after that decided I probably wasn't going to finish it, but I was going, we had the vacation book. So I'd go see how far I could get. Ideally, like I wanted to go halfway. I ended up finishing it. Uh, didn't get to do any of the fun things though. So I didn't get to ride Everest because I was too worried about my time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so no, no photo stops. Uh, I did some in the first half because I was like, if I'm out here, I might as well. And then I kind of laid off of it after that. Anything that didn't have a line, I stopped at. Okay, yeah, which in my case is not many. So. <laughs> but so then I ended up finishing, and then uh, I went back a few years later, uh, 2018, and I trained properly this time. I wanted to kind of get my revenge. And I did all of the things. I rode, rode Everest, drank beers, got snacks, the whole nine. And then I decided yeah. to do a marathon every like five years after that. And here we are five years later. All right. All right. We'll get to that in a second. Yep. How about this weekend? Hey, I'm going to, Greg's here with us. And Greg is a veteran of the Philly 10K. So I'm going to let him take over here. Yeah, this is an awesome race. And I was so excited when you posted your photos on Facebook the other day. And when Bob told me that you were going to come on, I was like, I need to be part of this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because I, I've run this race, I think, six times now. Um, I, I know it's been in existence for less than 10. So I, I've taken a couple of years off. Well, the first question I have for you is, and actually this isn't even related to race day itself. 
usually what's really unique about this race is that they always have bib pickup in really unique locations. I remember the first couple of years, for those of you that are familiar with the Rocky movies, they had it down in the Italian market. And then there was some other times where they had it at the um, Philadelphia Brewing Company. I know they had a new location this year, but I, I just can't remember it off the top of my head. Where where was Bib Pickup this year? Okay, so I'm actually I'm going to let you down a little bit where I paid for Day of Pickup. Oh, okay. <laughs> because we were going up to Bethlehem on Saturday. So I didn't okay. have to drive the half hour down into the city and then drive back up and go an hour the opposite way. Gotcha. Um, but it was at... It was at the Bourse. Oh, okay. So, All like, right, so right, so right at, off like, at Independence Hall there. Yep. Yeah. So it was it was there. Um, unfortunately, I didn't go. I was trying all week to figure out like if I could swing it, like if I could go down Friday after work. But I also I work in Allentown, so then I'm. Oh, driving. I grew up there. Awesome. Okay, so I would be driving from Allentown down to Philly on a Friday, and I was just like, I'm gonna pay the twenty bucks to get it the morning of, and then figure it out from there. Heck, living in the Philly suburbs, I uh, you know that can be an arduous drive. So trust me, coming from the Lehigh Valley, I I totally understand yeah. that one. <laughs> I know outside of the first year, they usually have kept this course pretty much the same. So I know the the, the highlights of it, but why don't you describe it to us? Because what's so unique about the Philly 10K, for those of us that live in the greater Philadelphia area, it's one of the very few races that does not include the Schuylkill River, which, you know, yeah. is a nice change of scenery. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the course and uh, your time going through it? I, yeah, so the cool thing about the 10K, which is actually one of the reasons I wanted to do it, is that it is totally different than every other race like in the city. Like, I think, if I remember right, and it's been years since I really did a race down in the city, but like... For the marathon, and I think even though, like, Philly, I the half courses, like, I think get some of South Street, mm -hmm, but, like, yep. that's really it. It's kind of like a touristy thing. So this is entirely in South Philly. It starts and ends on South Street, but you start on South Street and then just basically go south. And then you go up. Um, I think the course actually might be different than the last time. Did you do it last year? Yes. Yep. Okay, I think because they made a change, like, was it last year? Yeah, I believe a sinkhole opened up like 48 <laughs> hours before the race and oh they had my. to reroute the course. Yeah. So I think I think I remember reading somewhere that they kept that course. Oh, OK. So I don't remember. I don't know what the differences are. Um, but so basically, yeah, you do. You come out of South Street. You basically do this big square where you go on Washington. Um, it was actually cool. And then we were running down. um Moya Mensing and my friends recently moved to South Philly and we visited them a little while ago. And I remember talking to him when I was down there, I was like, yeah, I'm doing this race down here in like a month or two. I was like, it goes around here somewhere. And then like when I was doing the race, I literally ran past like the bar we went to for dinner. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, I didn't realize like we were literally running right by it. That's cool. Um, but so then you turn, um, you're pretty much just like running through neighborhoods. You come up, you go through the intersection where Pats and Gino's, are which is like i'd say the only real like landmark you pass in the race but like it's totally fine um it was like actually it was pretty crowded because it was there's a couple bigger streets where like think like not as big as the highways in disney but you'd be in these narrow streets and then it'd be like when you hit the highway in disney where everybody's able to spread out and you hear people audibly being like oh there's space because you're running down these one-way streets with cars parked on either side so it was very narrow and i run walked 
So it was like really inconvenient because I'd be like, oh, my watch is beeping, but there's cars on either side. And I'm like, somebody's going to run into me. But I figured it out. I got through it. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, now you grazed over this ever so slightly, and this was going to be a follow-up question I had for you. It's usually at about the 5K mark is where uh, you're on Passionk Avenue and you pass by the famous Philly uh, tourist traps for cheesesteaks, yep. Passangino's. My question for you is how difficult was it for you to not hop off the course and grab a whiz wit and then hop back on? Uh, first off, that's exactly what I would have ordered. Um, <laughs> Good call. Second, I had a thought too where I was like, if like I could turn this into like a Disney type race where I could just stop off and be like, hey, can I get this thing and then finish the race with it? But honestly, it was so brutally hot i got like four hours of sleep because we were uh up in bethlehem until about midnight uh my alarm went off at five and i was like might have had one too many drinks in bethlehem and i was honestly just trying to not die <laughs> well, so... we, won't, we won't tell that's okay <laughs> wait so you mean to tell me you had drinks the night before it was super hot and you got a pr yeah. That's impressive. That um, is impressive. It is. It, I'm not going to downplay it because it is impressive, but it's also uh, me barely training for the Philly Marathon that first time I did it years ago was kind of, has kind of been a trend for me um, up until this year where I liked the idea of running and I liked the idea of races and I didn't really love the idea of training. So I had decent enough times in most distances, but uh, this year I'm... Um, I've been, I went into springtime basically untrained and I have killed it since I came back where like I've barely missed a run. I've trained my butt off. So I'm, I'm looking at a year where I might PR every distance just because I'm actually finally putting work into it. So excellent. Good. Uh, and then just to tie a bow on this whole thing, I mean, obviously again, congratulations on the PR one of the other really awesome things about the Philly 10K is they have a really killer after party. Yep. Um, so why don't you tell us about that and some of the cool vendors that they have? So they had uh, what I've always called Brewery ARS, but the announcer kept at the starting line kept saying Brewery R's. So I guess that's how they say it, but it's literally like capital ARS. So to me, that means initials, um, which I visited and they actually have really good beer. Um, so they had them there with the finish line beers. They had Shake Shack with uh, cookies and cream custard. Mm, and then there nice. was some sort of truck with like popsicles, but the line was like 35 million people deep. And I already had my custard and my beer and just wanted to sit down. <laughs> That's a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sounds like fun. Brianna, sounds like you did great. What do you got coming up? Uh, I have uh, two half marathons next month. I'm actually, I'm doing the Philly distance run. Uh, half marathon and then i'm actually going up john's way i'm going to jersey city for the uh liberty newport mar half marathon up there and then i've got the philly fool in november and then i'm doing dopey in january all right all right good for you hey we'll see you down there we'll be looking for you i'll be the old guy yeah definitely <laughs> i'll definitely hit some meetups yeah yeah we look forward to it we're looking forward to meeting a lot of our new friends brianna Thank you so much for taking time to join us. We're happy that you did, and good luck in your future races. Yeah, thanks again for having me. At the University of Illinois 
in Springfield, the Prairie Star 5K. Craig finished that. Roy Kent would have been proud of him. Craig was dressed in his best AFC Richmond kit and looking good. In Grandview Heights, Ohio, which is really a part of Columbus near the Ohio State University campus, Mike finished the Ohio Health Grandview Park one-quarter marathon. This this thing's called a one-quarter marathon and a 5K. And I looked and looked and looked, and I I think they were two events. I'm not sure. It was an inaugural running here. Uh, Whatever it was, Mike finished and did a good job. All right. Sadly, my friends, episode 47 now is coming to a close. A couple of reminders. Uh, This is a Zoom night on Thursday. Instructions will be up in Facebook. Please join us if you have the time. Speaking of join us, don't forget about that join the conversation button that is in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you and see how that works. Okay, my friends. And if you run, you are our friend. That's going to do it for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you're doing well in your training. Got a big one coming up. Good luck with that. Until we meet again, happy running. The Rise and Run podcast discusses general information about Run Disney and is in no way affiliated with Run Disney or the Walt Disney Company. Any information or advice discussed on this podcast should not be considered medical advice and should always consult with your healthcare provider or event organizer.